No, I had the luck yesterday to talk to uh, uh, Gilbert O'Sullivan. And uh, obviously you covered one of his songs alone again normally, uh, naturally. Uh, why that song? You talked, did you say you talked to him yesterday? Yes, I interviewed what? him yesterday. That's really cool. Um, why that song? Um, well, what, what, when I discovered that song, um, I was, I had heard the song before in, in, you know, as uh, in like some romantic comedies, actually, you know, uh, used in a sort of a more silly way. And then, um, I think a friend pointed out how amazing the song was to me. And I, I listened to it, you know, with open ears and and the lyrics just were so deep and moving and, and, um, incredible. And, um, you know, it almost felt like a, like a lost, uh, John Lennon song to me or something, you know, or, or, or a Paul McCartney so, like song that had, I had never discovered. And, and so I kept listening to it and it just kept haunting me. And the, you know, the lyrics are so special once I, once I dove in, cause you know, you hear a song in passing. Um, I find that I discover lyrics later, usually for whatever reason, I fall in love with the song, the melody, the sound, you know, and all that. And some of the lyrics stand out to me, but I'm kind of late, late to the game of lyrics. Um, like for, my wife can tell you the lyric of a song almost after first listen, but it takes okay. me a, a long time for whatever reason. And so I dug into the lyrics and they melted my heart, you know, such, such, such a powerful song. And then the melody is incredible. The chords are super complicated. And um, I thought it would be, I didn't know if it would work and I'm not sure it did, but, but it was definitely um, a very complicated, difficult song to sing and uh, figure out how to make sound uh, okay. You know, so it was just, I'm just glad I, you know, I'm glad they approved it basically. Fair enough. How do you start on a song like that? Or, or even all of the songs that ended up on the album, because one thing I like about the album uh, particularly is, is that you didn't shy away from very well-known songs. These are songs that everybody knows or, or a lot of them at least. Uh, so, so what was your approach? Because I, I feel like you've kind of captured the essence of, of most of the songs as they are, but then kind of brought them into to the new uh, new millennium or, or modern times. Well, uh, thank, thank you for saying that. Um, I think that he, he, where I live, you know, in, in the States, some of these songs aren't as well known as okay. they are to you in some other in some other countries. So, you know, I mean, that song isn't as known probably here as, as, as it is there. Um, and same with, and I think depending on our, on our age, uh, mm. you know, not everybody has heard maniac, believe it or not. Mm. And some kids have never heard material girl. Um, most people have heard just a friend because there was a big commercial that it was in recently. Um, okay and so forth and so on. Our beds are burning. I think a lot of people uh, hear that song and it's familiar to them, but they didn't experience, you know, that amazing music video as kids, like, like some of us did. Um, so I, you know, I didn't necessarily have a, a plan or format. <clears throat> These were all just songs that um, had, uh, you know, been flagged over, over my life as, as songs that would be fun to attempt to cover and then, of course, when when my last album got shut down with the rest of the world, um, I thought I would start doing cover songs because 
I wasn't in the mood to write new music at the time. Mm -hmm. And it helped, and, and, you know, going through this record and reaching out to all these friends who agreed to do it with me, helped, helped prepare me for um, a, new, a new record that's I'm almost done with now. So it was just, it was just a really great therapeutic thing for me. Right. Now, uh, Alone Again is uh, from 1971, and I believe the other kind of uh, uh, extremist flagpole sitter, which was 1997. All of the other songs are kind of within a 10-year uh, uh, radius, uh, give or take, and, and you were born in 1978. So, so were these songs that, that meant something to you in childhood, or did you discover them late, uh, later? Most of the songs... Um... <clears throat> were songs from my childhood, you know, okay. I would say the majority of the songs were from my childhood, you know, driving in my car, uh, not driving in my car, sorry, uh, riding along in my mom's car as she would take me to, you know, little league baseball practice or to school, you know, and, and those kinds of things. So, um, and, you know, so, some of the, like the Gilbert O'Sullivan song was some, a song I had heard, but I hadn't really you know, fell in deep, fallen deep in love with until later on in life. Um, so yeah, but there was never, I keep getting asked like, why did I pick these songs? And I don't have a great reason other than it felt like an, a, a fun, lighthearted grab bag of, of songs that would lift people's spirits. Cause you know, during that time where we were all, uh, locked down or shut down, um, I think most of us didn't really want to listen to, new music it was hard to discover new music because it, it was such, such a strange time it was hard to relate to um modern new releases right so i think that um most people dove back into classic songs that made them feel a sense of nostalgia and uh, you know a, a less terrifying time and so that was another reason i thought it was a good idea to do these songs yeah i was gonna ask because This is I, I have it's, it's a weird phenomenon I suppose but I have some nostalgic feelings to some of these songs when I wasn't even alive uh, uh, yeah. when some of these songs are made so it, it, like you say it's it's probably that, that sense of feeling safe or a sense of familiar familiarity that you kind of grab back to uh, in times when it's difficult but has music always played this kind of role for you then that that it's something to just escape the ills of the world so to say. Yeah. Uh, music's always been my only therapy. You know, I, I, uh, that's, that, that's been a constant in my life, whatever, um, whatever I'm going through, you know, there's, there's usually some sort of record that I, um, lean on or discover in times of, of, um, tragedy or times of need or, or sadness, uh, you know, or heartbreak. Um, we all have those famous breakup records, right. Um, And, you know, the, those, those albums are warm, wonderful blankets over, over, you know, cold times. And so that's, that's how it's been for me and uh, continues to be. And, you know, some of, some of the songs I've written now have been that for other people. And that's, that's probably one of the coolest things about um, this journey I've been on is that, that some of my songs have actually, you know, been able to, to touch people in that way. It's, it's pretty overwhelming to think about. Do those songs then have a similar effect on yourself as well? The, 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 the songs that you write, because I, I read about uh, Angel Miners and Lightning Riders that uh, you said about that, that it was what, 
partly inspired by some of the most difficult times in your life. And so, so does writing help? Does, does writing these songs or does this kind of that creative aspect give you a sense of catharsis as well? Yeah, I think it's a, an important moment for me to, you know, put my head down and, and, and flush out these emotions. Um, and then, uh, you know, I usually have a moment where I'm playing the songs for um, loved ones, you know, like maybe, maybe I'm playing new songs for my dad um, or, or my mom. And, and that's always the most emotional part because I know that they're so, they're so in tune to the emotion of their son's music. Right. So when I play, when I have that moment or play for a best friend or whatever, th those are the times where I, I, I feel the, uh, the, the weight of the words, um, as they as they're hearing the song for the first time and then usually i move on you know so it's like okay. this, this release and then i usually don't listen to the songs anymore after that um and then you know if i'm lucky i'll hear it in some other environment whether it's at the grocery store or uh you know like i just sure. heard a couple a couple of these uh these these new cover songs at my local grocery store and <laughs> It was pretty funny, you know, because I was thinking, oh, I love this song. Oh, yeah, that's this is my version of that song. But I, I thought it was the original in the first, you know, couple seconds of that. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Were there certain songs that that kind of fell into your wheelhouse? Because maybe this is just uh, my speculation, but some a song like "Take a Chance on Me" really felt like it fit well with kind of the sonic landscapes that you create. Oh, thank thank you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that that one felt sonically like it. You know, it was it was pretty fun and easy to figure out. You know how how it should sound. Uh, vocally, it wasn't so easy to sing that high. Um, you know, luckily, J Jewel helped me out on that. But Beds Are Burning felt like the most uh, straight ahead, easy, um, like, you know, to, to produce, I think. Um, it felt felt the most, probably the closest to a song I would maybe write, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Well... Continuing on that, then, what, what was it like delving into some of these songs that you've heard so many times and then kind of really dissecting them and kind of figuring mm -hmm. out how they were made up? And, and, and did you kind of learn new things or did you kind of realize new things about how to construct yeah, music? Absolutely. And, you know, in, anytime you do a cover song, you're going to discover something new, learn something new and um, hopefully get better as a songwriter, producer, writer, whatever, singer. And um, so I hope I, I hope that, you know, improve. I hope that was the case for me. Um, I think that one common feeling was that, you know, a lot of these songs you've heard millions of times, 
throughout your life seem like they're going to be easier to do than they actually are you know mm-hmm. so a, a, a song like maniac um it's really complicated there's a lot of complicated chords and for such a big pop song um it's it's quite advanced and the guys in my band are really great musicians so i was able to lean on them when i got confused so there were some times where i'm like i don't understand what this chord is and um you know, my keyboard player, Dan, or my guitar player, Zach, they, they were able to help step it up because they're so, they're, they're much better musicians than I am. You know? So it was, it was uh, helpful to have the team involved. And obviously you have your band, but for instance, with Maniac, uh, we've been lucky enough to talk to Connor uh, quite a few times and he's a great guy. So, so how did you select the people that you asked for certain tracks and, and, and what was the interaction with them concerning the songs? Uh, I just kind of thought through the people who would say yes, okay. you know, that I met along the way or, or people that sort of owed me favors in a weird way. You know, <laughs> luckily every, almost everybody said, yes, there are only a couple people that said no. Three people I can recall said four actually said either didn't respond or just said no, or, or they were busy. And, and, um, this record wouldn't be possible today and it wouldn't have been, several years ago but since everybody mm-hmm. was at home trying to figure out what was going on you know or or how to move forward with with the chaos and fear that 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 was over us um everybody pretty much or most people i should say said sure yeah i'm not doing anything right now you know and so um the way i stayed mentally sober throughout the whole thing was to continue to make music and it was helpful for me and I know I'm really lucky. Not everybody can, can make music, but I think that if you talk to, you know, 10, 10 people or a hundred people, I would say, you know, the people who fared best tried to stay busy, whether it was reading a book, working more, um, you know, talking to family members, but you know, the less time we spent looking at the news, probably the better. (laughs) I, I certainly agree with that. Um, well, I've, 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 uh, only spoken to you uh, a short while, but are, are you someone who's very isolated when, when being creative or do, because uh, you're working with all these people and obviously you have your band and on the previous record, you also work with a lot of people. So how do you see that balance? Do you, do you prefer being isolated and kind of just locking yourself in the room and working or, or did you kind of need that, that social side of it as well? Well, circling back to Gilbert O'Sullivan's wonderful song alone again, naturally, (laughs) I feel, I feel best alone when I'm making music. Um, maybe it's insecurity. I don't know, but, um, I, would prefer to, to come up with, uh, song ideas and, and, you know, without anyone there to, to see, because it's one of the most vulnerable things you can do. So I feel most comfortable, um, you know, cause you're going to make a fool of yourself. I, I, I can't tell you how many bad ideas I've come up with, um, in my, in my opinion. So I'd rather not share those ones. Right. So it's, uh, in order to be artistically completely free, I feel more comfortable alone. That being said, um, with this thing, and again, this record wouldn't have been possible 20 years ago, but I was able to reach out to someone like Connor, who you just mentioned and ask him to send his vocal all the way to Malibu, California. Sure you know, and he was able to do that. And I could open up his, his performance and, you know, and that was a great 
feeling to feel like I was with people because we weren't supposed to see anyone at the time. Right. So meanwhile, I got to, um, you know, while not being, not being able to physically, you know, hug anyone or, or, or rub shoulders with any of these artists, it felt like they were there in spirit. So that was also very therapeutic for me. Right. And now this is a little bit mean then, but have you, was there an, a cover that you attempted that didn't work out? Um, no. Fair enough. No, um, I, did, I, I, did, I think I was smart enough to not uh, tackle songs out of my league, maybe. <laughs> uh, because when you, when you compile a, a list like this, did you kind of know you were going to release it as an album or was it more for fun initially? It was for fun, but I had in the back of my mind, well, it was certainly a, uh, an experiment, let's say. And mm -hmm. it, once I got like two or three songs down, it felt like a real thing I was going to do. And, it, you know, again, it was a great way to stay busy because I just released a brand new album. And my experience as a songwriter is, is that I don't, I don't, once I complete an album, um, you know, it can be slightly mentally and emotionally exhausting. So the last thing I'm really prepared to do is just jump right into another new album. And so uh, my way of, of resetting was to do this covers album. But I can also imagine that, that the fact that the, the lockdown occur, uh, lockdowns occurred, uh, the, the normal cycle, the life cycle of an album was kind of cut short because usually you go on tour and you do all that st stuff for months and months. And this time you kind of had to sit with, with that album uh, a little bit. Yeah. So, so what was that like? Well, it's not even that it got cut short. It just, it just didn't even happen. Right. You know, we play, we had one single out. Um, and it was starting to do really well radio and all that kind of stuff. And we were playing some cool, a couple cool shows, you know, bigger, like televised things here in the States, like for, for this hockey all-star game. And okay. that's the last show I played actually, I think it, it was either that or this other thing. And for the Super Bowl weekend, like this radio thing in, in Miami, but those were the last two shows at least. And um, so things were looking pretty good. That's that. <laughs> and then, And then, you know, just like the rest of the world, we just got sideswiped. And, and so we didn't ever go on tour and we ne didn't ever get to really play these songs properly for um, real human beings in person. So um, looking forward to being able to do that again. Um, not that I want to play all those songs, but certainly some of them. And then, you know, add a couple of these, these cover songs as well and, and, and let loose. But yeah, well, we didn't even get to, you know, these songs didn't even get to really see the light of day. Right. So are you still kind of holding off on uh, getting into new material getting into that mindset of, of writing new material? And, and Okay. No, you know, right when I started the covers album, in between a couple songs, I would have a new idea and start okay. to do that, but with no pressure or timeline. And now talking to you today, I feel like I'm like one song away from being completely done with a new album. Okay. Well, obviously it's early days, because is there anything you can, can uh, let loose about where it's heading or what, what your mindset was the, the last couple of months writing these, these new songs? Yeah. It's, a, um, you know, it's hard to say it's, 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 it's got a lot of, uh, you know, it's got, it's, it's very guitar driven. 
um, but it has a, a slight disco feel to it, I would say. Um, but very paranoid at the same time and very, very dark yet somewhat optimistic. Um, and, uh, I basically just said a bunch of contradictions, but it, <laughs> that's, that's what, it that's feels what like. life is, right? Yeah. It's, it, it's certainly on the head, you know, on the, the weight of it feels extremely heavy to me, but you know, it always kind of feels that way to me. And, you know, hope, hopefully it's sort of like, uh, I ho- hopefully fans or listeners think that it's, you know, the best, the best elements of what I've done on the first four albums, I'll put into one for this fifth one. Last question then, um, as you mentioned, you, now people uh, obviously listen to your songs and can find something in, in what you do. Have you heard a cover of one of your uh, own songs that you were really impressed by? Um, yeah, uh, so, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously with Sale, I've heard I've heard more covers of that than, than any sure. of the other ones that's so big, but uh, constantly... You know, I, I hear new versions of that. I heard um, there's a band called Devil Driver that did this like sure. a metal version that was pretty funny. And <laughs> and and, and uh, I never thought to hear it that way. So that was really cool. Um, and then, you know, there's been over the years, there's been 20, if not 100 different um, like text messages I've received from different friends of a band covering it at a bar or, um, or, or another song. Um, I think I, the song, not your fault and our song kill your heroes, both from the first record. Um, I think a lot of younger bands did cover that at one point. And then more recently, um, one of my best friends, uh, daughter's band was covering sale. And that was really special to me to see that, you know, um, And I felt like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm still, I'm still not completely a dork, you know, with, with the younger kids. <laughs> well, one last thing then, because this reminds me of something. When uh, I'm, I'm not somebody who's on the internet a lot, but the, the song "Run" has has been featured in kind of meme culture uh, a lot. Yeah. So, so songs of yours taking on a second life. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's 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 very. Uh, doesn't even feel real you know i mean still to this day when i hear any of my songs like i said if i'm in the grocery store and i hear one of the more known songs it's still it's still uh it doesn't feel like i you know i don't hear i don't have these moments where run is used you know millions of times for different memes or or sale or any of these other songs where i think like right on i deserve that it's more of a shock like whoa this this is such a uh such a blessing, you know, and, and that's such a overused word. Right. But, um, it, it feels that way. And, you know, even waking up and I was like, okay, at nine in the morning, I have, I have this interview, you know, it, just that anyone would want to talk to me about the music I've made is, is such a, such a far reach from where I was at, um, before I made the first AWOL record, because I was really down and out on my luck and, um, financially in trouble And um, my career was headed nowhere after a lot of failure. So I, I, I remember that, or I try to at least each day. And it's, it's, uh, it's been an unbelievable journey. Well, you've, you've worked hard to get here. So it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, what's the word? 
Het is je gegund. I don't know what, it, what that is in uh, English. But, uh... Well, thank you for saying that. Whatever it is. <laughs> um, Aaron, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, thanks. Have a great afternoon.